Hello and welcome to Hot Girls Code, a podcast all about the tech industry, software development, and being a woman in tech. I'm your host, Orti. And I'm your host, Lola. Today, we are talking all about technical interviews for coding roles, what kind of interviews there are, and how to nail them. Now, we've both had our fair share of very scary technical interviews, so we hope if any of you listening have interviews coming up, you can use some of our hot girl tips that we're sharing today to ace your technical interviews. Now, we're super excited to get into today's episode, but before we get into it, as always, we need to get into our zen state and express some gratitude. So, Orti, what are you grateful for this week? So what I am grateful for is, so this is going to be a bit late when it comes out, but currently we're recording this in July, and I am grateful that July is the month of absolute joy for, I think I've seen this term online, 20-something-year-old teenagers, and I personally really identify as a 20-something-year-old teenager because I am one. We've had Taylor Swift Speak Now, Taylor's version come out, which has been amazing. We've got The Summer I've Turned Pretty, which is coming out very soon, season two. I am so pumped. And then we've got, of course, the Barbie movie coming out. Like, oh, I'm so excited. Like, it is the best time. And also because the Barbie movie is coming out, there's all this like Barbie branding coming out. So yeah, I feel like Hot Pink is back in again and I'm very much for it. I love it so much. And yeah, so I am grateful to be a 20-something-year-old teenager during this wonderful month of all this joy. I love all of those memes online that are like, when you muck up at work, but you're just a 24-year-old teenage girl. And I'm like, oh my God, it's so relatable. <laughs> oh. Oh, it's so relatable. So Lola, what are you grateful for this week? Oh my goodness. I am so grateful for the Barbie movie. I am like ecstatic, very excited for that to come out. And I'm actually really grateful because last weekend my friend had a Barbie themed birthday party. And coming from Autie and I, we've actually both had Barbie themed birthday parties in the past couple of years. Um, and someone actually said to me like, oh, are you like annoyed that like this other friend is like copying your idea? And I was like, no, the more Barbie, the merrier. Like, honestly, I'm actually angry that more of my friends haven't had Barbie themed parties. Like I've had a few friends that have done it recently and I've been like, why is it trendy all of a sudden? And then I realized it's because of the movie. And I'm like, I'm so grateful for the Barbie movie to give me excuses to wear pink and dress up like Barbie. Exactly. And actually last weekend I wore this pink satin dress, which is the same dress I lent Autie for her Barbie themed party a couple years ago. It's just like cute, relatable, same things. So yeah, maybe I'm just feeling extremely grateful for Barbie and everyone is like a little bit more understanding and obsessed with like girly girl Barbie pink aesthetic at the moment. And I feel like that sums both of us up quite well. I love that. I feel like that's quite a common theme that's going around right now. So if you are listening to this After the Barbie movie has come out, like you are hearing us in prime like hype for this movie. Now that we are feeling all grateful and zen and lovely, let's get into today's episode. So like Lola said, we are super excited for today's episode because we've both had our fair share of technical interviews. I remember a few years ago, I had a set of technical interviews with a pretty big tech company and they had four interviews that I had back to back. And I was super nervous and I spent weeks and weeks preparing for them. And I got there for my first one. And they realized that somehow they had mixed up what coding language I was going to be doing my interview in. Oh my God, that's yeah. terrifying. It was so bad. So I had requested to do my interviews in TypeScript, but on my CV, I had extensive experience with both C Sharp and TypeScript. And somehow, 
We still don't know how. Someone had accidentally set my preference as C-sharp, even though I had told them TypeScript. And so all my interviewers were experts in that. And so I got in there and the guy was like, okay, so just some like admin questions. Like, can you confirm you're using C-sharp? And I was like, no. <laughs> I cannot I, confirm. I've, I've been practicing in TypeScript. And I was like, but, but I can do it in C-sharp if you need me to because I was so nervous. And I was like, oh, I don't want to miss my opportunity. But luckily he was like super lovely. And he's like, first of all, never happened before. He's like, I don't know what to do with this. But he's like, there is no way you... I'm going to make you do this interview. You want to put your best foot forward. You've been preparing in TypeScript. Let's not throw you off. He's like, I'll contact the recruiter and we'll get this sorted out. And so my four hours of interviews had gone and canceled and then moved like to the following week. I'm so glad that they were able to move them for me and that I was encouraged to move them because it would have really thrown me off. Yeah, thank God. Like, I feel like that's just another curveball that you really don't want in like a four hour long interview. Like these technical interviews can be so scary. When I was looking for my first grad job after uni, I did a three hour long set of like three separate technical interviews with different interviewers each time. And oh my God, I was so exhausted and just totally drained by the end. So today we are here to talk you all through these scary technical interviews and hopefully by the end it won't seem so scary. And before we get into it, if you're listening to this and you're like, wait, but what even is a technical interview? I don't even know that. Don't worry. Basically, a technical interview is an interview where instead of asking you questions about your experience or like behavioral stuff, like how would you deal with a mean team member or something, instead of that, there'll be more like tests or exams that assess how you code and problem solve. And if you're wondering kind of when they tend to come up in the hiring process, it could happen at any stage. So sometimes companies do it when you first apply and some do it once you've had more of kind of a general interview to gauge your personality. Basically, these interviews are just a time to assess your skills and see if your skills are fit for the role they're hiring for. Exactly. And depending on what company and what level of role you're applying for, you might only have, you know, one technical interview or you might have to do a bunch. They might also mix and match with kind of different formats of technical interviews. So you might do one kind at the first stage, like a take home test, for example. And then if there's a second round of interviews, you might do a different format, like a live coding interview. If you're hearing all of this and thinking about doing a technical interview and it sounds terrifying, don't worry, we are here to talk you through some common kinds of technical interview formats, how they look, and what's expected. And not only that, we'll also be giving you some tips on how to ace each and every one of them. Absolutely. So the types of technical interviews that we're going to be discussing today are automated coding interviews, coding interviews with an interviewer, project design interviews, take-home projects, and technical interviews where you chat about your previous experience. Before we start, just a quick disclaimer, this is probably going to be a long episode because when we were making it, it was like, wow, Autie just had pages and pages <laughs> of tips from when she went through her interviewing process. And we wanted to make sure, you know, we don't gatekeep here at Hot Girls Code. We want to make sure that all of the anxious girlies like us who are listening feel like they know what to expect and how to be prepared for these technical interviews. But if you do want to hear about one specific kind of technical interview, we're going to put timestamps in the show notes. So you can go to that specific one if you want to. So let's get into it. The first kind we wanted to talk about today are automated coding interviews. 
So this is an interview you might do at home or at the offices of the company you're applying for, and it's usually a timed thing. So coding interviews like this can be really nerve-wracking because you do have the interviewers watching you write code in real time, but it's important to remember that they probably, probably (laughs) also want you to succeed. I'm sure there's like the occasional interviewer who's like, wow, I want to watch this person crash and burn. But just go on the assumption that that's not your interviewer. I'm sure it's only if someone was like a real mean person and they were like, I just want to see them fumble. But don't worry, we're not even going to go into that today. (laughs) The way these kind of automated coding interviews are set up is you'll be on a computer and you'll have your screen shared or recorded and you get given some kind of coding problem to solve. They might range in difficulty. For example, like write a function that takes in a string and counts all the vowels or create a page in an existing React app where a user inputs a number and it's displayed on the right-hand side in red. One of the classic Google ones back in the day was to take a string and detect whether or not it was a palindrome, which is like the same frontwards and backwards. So these can really vary from company to company. So make sure you ask before your interview, like what type of questions you should be expecting and how they recommend preparing. Some companies might have a language they require you to use. Other companies might let you pick. But then they might get the language wrong and then stress you out. (laughs) Yeah, so make sure you clarify that ahead of time. And if you choose your own language, make sure you pick a language that you are comfortable using. And before your interview, make sure you write a lot of code in that language so, you know, it's it's not too stuck in your brain. Now, this next aspect of this interview format can vary between companies, but sometimes you're allowed to Google things if you need to. But a caveat for that is it's limited to searching for basic things like how the syntax of something looks, like, for example, the syntax of a for loop. On the flip side, some places may not allow any googling so you should definitely make sure you ask about this beforehand so you know you don't get in there and you're suddenly taken by surprise personally as i'm sure a lot of people would agree i like it when places do let you google things like basic syntax because honestly that's what you're going to be doing on the job right it's not like you're expected to know everything off the top of your head but it's good to know ahead of time whether this is something you'll be able to do or not Now let's chat about the way the interviewers interact with you, as this can also vary from company to company. The people interviewing you might be watching you in real time, in another room, or on a call with you, and using your screen share to basically watch you. But these can also sometimes be recorded interviews, where you just record your screen as you do the interview, and no one's actually watching you in real time. Instead, they review that recording later. If they're watching you in real time, they might watch you code the solution through your screen share, but they don't actually say anything. And then if you get super stuck or you're going completely off track, they might intervene then by giving you, you know, hints of maybe something you've missed. But regardless of how the interviewer fits in, usually what happens is you'll write your solutions and then run the code and the automated system will tell you if you've done it correctly. A super important thing to remember, and honestly, probably one of the key takeaways from this episode, is that for basically any kind of interview, it's really important to think out loud. While you're writing your code, you talk through your thinking out loud and explain why you're doing things the way you are. This is super important because how you solve the problem is just as important as the solution you give. 
If it's an interview where it's just your screen being recorded and no sound, I've personally never heard of this, but I'm sure it exists. Make sure you write some good comments or pseudocode while you're planning your solution. And for those who haven't heard of the term pseudocode before, this just means writing out the functionality of your code without using an actual coding language. Like instead of writing out a for loop to go through an array with all the proper syntax, you can write a comment that says, go through array and check at each value. This allows you to think and plan your code without getting hung up on syntax. And then when you're ready to actually write the code, you can just replace the pseudocode bit by bit with proper code. Pseudocode can be a really nice entry point to start writing your solution because even if you aren't sure about the syntax and exactly what needs to go where, you can show your thinking and how you would approach the problem. And honestly, I use this even in my day-to-day -day job if I'm really stuck on something and I just need to puzzle it out. So that's pseudocode, but back to coding interviews. Something to be aware of is that some places don't actually care whether you finish all the problems because what they really care about is your way of thinking. Again, this varies from place to place and some places might filter you out based on the automated score. Like if you only solved one out of four problems, maybe they won't take you through to the next stage. But still, if you don't finish all the questions, please do not think you've totally messed up and aren't gonna get hired because that's not always the case. I also feel like some of the problems they give you can be very hard for this very reason. They wanna see what you're like when you're working through something really, really hard and they wanna make sure you can handle that stress well because spoiler alert, some people cannot. Some people get really like angry <laughs> and you don't wanna hire that. So please do not be hard on yourself if you feel like your technical interview didn't go as you had hoped and you left some questions unfinished. I remember at, in like my three hour technical interview, I left it being like, wow, that was terrible. I absolutely bombed it. Like I didn't finish this part or this part. And I thought I did awful. And then I got an email being like, congratulations, you're through to the next stage. Like we thought you answered the questions really well. So yeah, please know that it's not always as it seems. Lola came with receipts. She's, she's proven that it's true. We came with the anecdotes. <laughs> now, before we move on to the next type of technical interviews, we did promise you some hot girl hot tips. So here are some of our key tips for automated coding interviews. Firstly, as we've already said, if your voice is being recorded or transmitted during your interview, make sure you think out loud so they can follow along with what you're thinking. If you're talking through what you're thinking in your head, even if you end up implementing the solution wrong, the interviewers will at least know that you understood the problem and can see what your logic is. This can be the difference between getting through to the next stage or not, so make sure you're comfortable thinking out loud. Another tip is make sure you know if you're allowed to Google basic syntax and stuff beforehand. And if you aren't allowed to Google, spend some time before your interview just drilling some of the things you commonly mess up on. Like you may have noticed I've mentioned for loops a bunch of times, and that is because that is something I constantly mess up the correct syntax for. because. In my job, I often switch between TypeScript and C Sharp a lot, and they have different ways of doing it. So if I know if I was going to a technical interview, you best believe I will be going over the correct way to do a for loop for days before so I don't go get in there and just panic because I can't remember. Honestly, it's the basic syntax that trips you up sometimes, right? Like, oh, it's a struggle. 
But tip number three, don't try to come up with a sophisticated solution from the get-go. You can start with a really basic thing that just solves the problem and then go back and tidy up your code and make it smarter and better later on in the interview. The reason that this is important is just because you might think it's obvious and basic, that might not be the case for everyone and you don't want the interviewers to think you're missing something, you know, simple or obvious. And it also means you can start tackling the problem and getting those thinking juices flowing rather than just staring at a blank screen for ages trying to think of the best, most sophisticated solution. It's better to literally say out loud, okay, I'm going to do this basic thing and then get that down before I iterate over it and then get started so that they know that's kind of what you're doing. Yes, no, I am a big fan of doing that because you just, yeah, you don't want them to be like, wow, they've been silent for like five minutes and there's a really obvious thing that they should try first. So definitely start with the simple stuff and then get more complicated as time goes on. And our final tip for automated coding interviews is practice. Practice coding and problem solving specifically for this interview context. The type of things you code in these interviews aren't often things you code day to day because technical interviews are often more about assessing your problem solving and how you apply them in a coding context. So something you can do to prepare is doing practice questions that help you to get into the swing of breaking down those problems and then getting started on writing up the solutions. And a great website to practice coding questions is a website called Leet Code. So L-E-E-T code, just Google it, you'll find it, it's fantastic. So that's enough about automated coding interviews. The second kind of technical interview we're gonna talk about today is similar to automated coding interviews. And these are coding interviews, except it'll be with an actual person or multiple people instead of just using automated software. Yes, actual people, how exciting. I feel like this can be a little bit less intimidating because it's not just some automation telling you, no, you got it wrong. There are actual human beings, and personally, that helps me because it feels like they're going to give you more of a chance, you know? Yeah, they think less binary. Mm. They think, you know, a lot more in, in shades of grey and all of that. So, yeah, I also definitely prefer this kind. So to start us off, let's first go over the ways this type of interview is similar to the automated ones. So you once again get given some problems to solve, and these can range in difficulty. You may or may not be able to Google basic syntax, depending on the company, and while you're writing your solution, you'll narrate your thinking and why you're doing things the way you are. Now, a key difference is that often the interviewer will be working with you on the problem. So they'll expect you to ask clarifying questions or try to give you some guidance. And they want to see how you incorporate that into how you work. It's like combining a technical assessment with a teamwork one. I had a technical interview like this once and it was actually really nice because the interviewers would kind of see where I was starting to flail a bit or maybe where I didn't quite understand like what they were wanting from me and they would help point out if I missed something or if I misinterpreted the problem a little bit funky. Although the interviewers aren't always involved to this degree, so it's good to clarify before your interview how much they will be involved before starting. The way the interview setup might look is you could be in the room with the interviewer and you'll have whiteboards around and a computer to code on where they can see the screen. 
Or if you're doing it remotely, you might have a screen share on a call and you'll have a place on the screen to write code and then another place to make notes or draw diagrams and they can see everything there as well. Usually they'll either give you a website to use or tell you if you need to download any special software. So don't worry, you don't have to find anything like that yourself. Sometimes in these interviews, you won't even get a written question. Instead, they will verbally say the question to you. And in this situation, you should make sure you write that question down and note down any extra info they just you know, sprinkle in there just in case it's useful for later. And also, some places will purposely give you some vague problems to solve because they want you to ask clarifying questions and check your assumptions with them. Basically, they're making sure you aren't too overconfident and you actually take the time to understand the problem you're trying to solve. I like how these are called technical interviews, but like all of the other stuff we're talking about, like it's almost like psychological warfare. Like they're trying to like, how are you going to interpret this? Are they going to ask the right questions? So definitely it's a holistic approach, right? Like they're not only interested in your tech skills. It's all those things like what questions you ask, how you communicate things. Those are all super important too. Yeah, it's not just like the like code you write, it's how you get to that solution that they're assessing. So how do you know if the question that you've been given is a purposely vague question? Well, a great way to find out is by drawing out an example and using that to make sure you understand the question. Like maybe you were asked to write a function that capitalizes every second vowel in a sentence. You would write out some example sentences and then be like, so the output of my function would be this sentence with these letters capitalized. And this helps make sure you're on the right track. And then while you're drawing out these examples, you'll hopefully notice if there are things that you didn't understand and you need to ask you know, further questions on. Again, in this interview style, it's even more important to talk through your thinking because if you are going down the wrong path, the interviewer can hopefully step in and correct you early on. Remember that they want to see how you take on feedback and advice and how you can adapt to it. So try not to stress if you totally misinterpreted the problem statement or started off on the wrong track because the interviewers are there to help you. And like before, some places don't actually care about whether you finish the problems because they want to know about your thinking. Now, this does vary from place to place, but for some places, you might not have finished solving the problem, but you might have asked some fantastic questions and made a huge amount of progress and shown yourself as being really capable, and that is what will get you hired. Now, onto some key hot tips. The ones from the last section we did definitely apply here as well, but we have some extras for you specifically for when you are doing a coding interview with an interviewer. Firstly, ask clarifying questions if you need them. You don't want to write up a whole coding solution and then realize you totally misunderstood the question. And when you get that clarification, make sure you write it down so you don't have to ask twice. It sounds like such simple advice, but you know, when you're in that like stressed interview mentality, it's good to just be like, oh yeah, that's right. Alti said I should write down the clarification. <laughs> Remember my voice and just play it in your head. <laughs> exactly. That'll get you through. Secondly, we said this before, but it's so important that we're saying it again. Constantly think out loud so the interviewer can see your thought process and correct you early on. On a similar note, don't just jump straight into writing code as soon as you see the question. 
Think through your solution out loud. Maybe draw some diagrams, write some pseudocode, because this gives the interviewer plenty of opportunity to jump in and give you feedback. Yeah, and I don't know about you, but I personally do not think in code. Like, I am not someone that, like, instantly sees the solution written in code in my brain. I have to really, like... I have to take a journey before I reach the code. See, it's interesting because I actually dream in code. <laughs> I think those are just stress dreams, Lola. <laughs> That's when work's getting a bit too, bit, bit too hard. <laughs> and our final tip for coding interviews with an interviewer is to test the solution you came up with before and after you write the code. So come up with some test cases and try it out with your pseudocode to see if it works in theory. And then once you've written your code, you can also then put those cases into your solution and see if it works. Pro tip, don't forget those pesky little edge cases when coming up with test cases. These are just cases that might be a little bit niche or a little bit less common. Like for the vowels, it might be you got to make sure you test with Y because Ooh. it's sometimes a vowel. What a good edge case. And on to our next type of technical interview. So this type is different to the ones we've discussed so far because instead of getting coding problems to solve, you get given an entire project that you design during the interview. So this might be build a web application for a messaging system or design the system architecture for this complex application. If that sounds as utterly terrifying to you as it does to me, don't worry because this is usually something which is a bit more senior. So don't worry if this is like your first ever technical interview and that sounds super intimidating because you probably won't be asked to do this. And this type of interview can also vary in how it's done. Like you might just be designing it on a whiteboard rather than coding it all out. And you might draw out the system design or chat through the technologies you'd use and why. Or you might be given certain technologies to use and a skeleton outline. And then you go in and code the project to the best of your ability. With either of these ways of doing it, just like with coding interviews, the interviewer will often ask you questions or expect you to ask them questions and they might give you feedback and see how you take that on board. And as you're creating your design, they might even throw out a cheeky new requirement or consideration that you have to incorporate into your design. My God, curveballs, curveballs coming left, right and center, really trying to test you here. But don't worry, with our hot girl tips, you're gonna be totally fine. So some key tips from us for these project designy kind of interviews are like before, ask clarifying questions and write down those clarifications. And we're starting to sound, you know, a bit like a broken record, but once again, make sure you think out loud constantly so that the interviewer can follow your thought process. How you get to your solution is often just as important as the solution itself. And you wanna make sure that you're keeping your interviewer in the loop. And on that note, don't be afraid to state the obvious because again, you never know what is obvious to some people. Like I remember in one of my coding interviews, they were like explaining something and they're like, oh, so like 
tell me about this. What do you think's happening there? And I remember just being like, oh, I mean, it's recursion, being like, obviously. And then I saw them be like, oh, yes, brilliant. <laughs> and then in my feedback, I think it was like, wow, successfully identified recursive functions or something. And I was like, oh, I thought it was obvious. Like, go me. Good job, me. Yeah, I do that. Sometimes I'll be like, oh, it's obvious. That can't be what they're asking. That must be a trick question. There must be something else. And most of the time, it is not a trick question. So definitely state, state the, the obvious. obvious. So our next tip is a bit similar, and that is remember that it's okay to start off with an obvious and straightforward design, and then iterate over it to take more complex requirements into consideration. You don't want to get stuck trying to come up with a super complex solution off the bat and then make zero progress. And our final tip is to make sure you are familiar with the technologies you plan to design your solution with. If you get to choose your own, pick one that you're comfortable with. And if you have to have a required one, usually they'll give you a bit of a heads up. So use that time to get familiar with it. You know, you'll probably want to go over how it's usually used and then also some common advantages and disadvantages. And that way you can comment on it while you're doing your design or if they ask you about it, then you're prepared for that. And they're just going to be like, wow, they know all these pros and cons. This person's smart. Now, the second to last type of interview we're going to cover today is the take-home project interview. Now, this is similar to the project design interview, except it'll be something you do at home in your own time and then submit it to wherever you're applying. So rather than someone watching over your shoulder while you code your solution and narrate it, you do it all on your own and they assess you based on what you submit. Usually the company asks you to spend maybe a day or two on your project, but it could be more, it could be less. So make sure you check with them around what those expectations are. You definitely don't want to underdo something if they expect you to spend like a week on it. Another thing that can differ from place to place is they might give you a skeleton project that you build off of. So that might already have some files for you to use or some basic stuff set up, or you might need to start completely from scratch. Once you submit your project, the company will then assess it based on some sort of marking criteria, which you know they may or may not tell you beforehand. Commonly, it'll be things like, does the solution work? You'd be surprised at how many people do not manage that. You know, did they follow common design principles? And if there are things specifically called out in the job description, like familiar with solid principles or something like that, they'll often look for that specifically. So something that's important to note with this type of technical assessment is that since they can't see you developing your solution, it's really, really important to make sure you're writing clean code that is easy to follow and understand. Yeah, like you definitely don't want people looking at your code and it's just this disorganized hot mess because honestly, they probably won't bother because they'll feel like you didn't really bother to, you know, make good code and really make an effort. After the company assesses your solution, they might then bring you in for a chat about what you submitted. They'll probably ask you to walk them through your design process or bring up any key things they noticed in your solution and ask why you did it that way. The people hiring also might give you some alternative scenarios and ask you to chat through how you might adapt your solution for it. So definitely don't think that once it's submitted, you can just totally forget about it. This might sound a bit scary, but it's actually a really good opportunity for you to explain why you did things the way you did, and you might also learn something from the interviewers about other ways of doing things that you hadn't even thought of. 
So some key hot girl tips for take-home interview projects are, as we said before, make sure you're writing code that is easy to follow since you won't be there to walk them through it the first time. Don't try to do something that's super fancy if it's going to be impossible for someone to read and quickly understand. Remember, most of the time people are doing this like between their normal job and they just want to get through it as quickly as possible. Second tip, include a readme file with instructions about how to run the project because you want things to be as easy as possible for the people reviewing your solution. You want to make it easy for them to run your solution and see the amazing work you did. Another tip is to add clarifying comments for decisions you made to give them some context. Like, Maybe you know a more efficient way to do something, but it's too complex to do it in the recommended four-hour time limit. So you would leave a comment about it instead so that they know you know about it. And then you just code up something simpler. And that's something I've done before. I've literally written in a comment, if given enough time, I would have done da 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 And then I just did a really hacky thing instead. And then they were like, great, I'm so glad you pointed that out because initially we looked at just the code and we were like ooh, like that's an interesting way to do it. And then they saw my comment and they're like, makes sense why she did it that way. And finally, if you do have a follow-up interview about your project, make sure you go over it beforehand so you are prepared to talk about it. You don't want to get in there and be stressed and trying to remember, you know, what you did as you walk through it. That's enough about take-home projects. Let's move on to the final kind of technical interview we want to chat with you guys about today. And it's arguably the chillest of the lot. That is chatting through your technical experience. Ironically, although this is the chillest, I'm pretty sure the worst technical interview I've ever had was of this kind. Oh, really? But that's simply because I think I just panicked and I got to it in my head. And, you know, I didn't have these hot girl tips to help me get through it. But never again, you have these tips now. Definitely, I have learned from my mistakes and now you too can learn from them. So different companies might have some different approaches to this type of interview. One approach interviewers might use is asking you to chat through a project you've worked on before or a coding project you're proud of. And there's a lot of different things they might ask you to talk through. So we've made a list of some common ones. They might not ask all of these, but it is good to be prepared just in case you don't panic like me. They might ask you to talk through the solution itself in a technical lens, like what the different components are and how they work together. What were the challenges, mistakes, technical decisions, or choices of technologies and trade-offs? They also could ask about the things you would do differently next time. You might also want to prepare for some follow-up questions like how would you scale the application or how would you have changed it if you were given a new constraint like no access to a technology used. So it's good to have a think about this before your interview and my bad interview that I had like this, I just hadn't thought about the fact that they might be like, oh, but what if you took out this entire part and you tried something new and I just panicked when they asked me and I was like, I don't know. And they're like, do you want to think about it? And like, no, I don't. I, I, that's what I said. <laughs> oh, no. I was like, no, I'm good. No. And they were just like, oh. And in my feedback, they were like, so next time, maybe just take a few seconds before you say no. Honestly, that's another hot girl tip all in itself is like, just take a second, take a breath. Like you don't need to get all the words out all at once. Just get, get your, give yourself a minute for your thoughts to just align. That's just a life tip right there. <laughs> yeah, a life tip, honestly. 
So those are some questions if they ask you about a specific project, but instead they might do something totally different and they might pick on technologies you've said you're good at in your application and then ask you lots of questions about those technologies. So if you're putting that you're confident with a certain technology on your CV, resume, application, make sure you're prepared to chat about it and answer questions about how things work. Definitely. So they could ask quite a range of things, like they might ask about the pros and cons of that technology, or why you prefer this technology over some similar technology. Like I've been asked in an interview before what my favorite TypeScript framework was, and I think I said React, and then they asked me like, why do you prefer React over other frameworks like, like Angular? And I was like, I don't know, <laughs> it's pretty. <laughs> I love that. They could also ask technical theory questions about that technology. I was doing an interview in Angular and I got asked explain what observables are and how they use and explain two different kinds of RxJS mappers. And I was not prepared and I was so stressed, but somehow some like something took over me and I managed to answer their questions. And my favorite thing was in the feedback from that interview, they were like, you said all the right stuff, but you ended all your sentences with the questions. So that's something <laughs> you probably want to work on. So I'd be like, oh, it does this and like and then they're just you're like testing the waters yeah I was just like I think I do this and they'd be like yeah no you're you're exactly right and I was like okay <laughs> good to know good, to, good know. to know so the type of questions they might ask can really vary depending on the company you're interviewing at and even just the interviewer you have some people can be super chill and some can ask more tricky questions but either way just remember to, you know to take a breath do your best and know it's going to be okay. And before your interview, if you know that you're going to have an interview of this type of format, ask ahead of time what they expect you to be prepared with and what kind of questions they'd like to ask. Finally, let's jump in to some hot girl tips about these kind of interviews where you chat about previous technical experience. Firstly, Make sure you're picky about what projects and technologies you put on your CV or resume or application and actually practice talking about them. For projects, you want to select projects where you had a central role in the project and it had, you know, challenging components, not just a challenge that's like, you learned a lot. Also, make sure you can talk about the technical parts comfortably and with a good amount of depth. The technologies make sure the ones that you're putting on your CV, resume, application, whatever it is, make sure they're the ones you are comfortable with and use often, or at least clarify if they're something you're less familiar with. And finally, don't be afraid to say you don't know the answer to the question if you aren't sure. They do not expect you to know everything. I know someone that purposely asks really hard questions because they want to check that the person they're interviewing isn't just making stuff up. So they'll just like ask the most obnoxiously difficult question. And when the person is like, oh, I don't know. They're like, yeah, no, I wouldn't know that either. Oh my God. That's actually just so cruel. <laughs> but also it's so funny when you're in interviews and you watch someone just make up an answer and you're just like, and it's someone that's like been a bit 
bit too arrogant throughout oh, the no. throughout the interview, and you're just like, mm, I'm glad this is taking them down a peg. <laughs> yeah. So only for the overconfident ones. Yeah, over there. Good to know. So those are the five different kinds of technical interview formats that we wanted to chat about today. But before we finish up, we wanted to cover five general hot girl tips that apply to technical interviews no matter what format they follow. Firstly, it is okay to be nervous. It's an interview and people expect you to be nervous. As we said before, remember to take deep breaths, give yourself a minute and do not panic. And if you do panic and you're blanking on something, just communicate that and be transparent. I've had multiple interviews where I've been like, I'm so sorry, <laughs> I am very nervous and I know that I know this, but I am just blanking and I need a second. And that second has sometimes helped me and I've remembered and it's gone great. And other times I've still been blank after and I just say, sorry, today is not my day and we just, can we please move on? And in some interviews, I'm sure that that has hurt my chances, but I've also had interviews where that has happened, it hasn't mattered, and I've still been offered the job afterwards. So it is not the end of the world. I feel like that level of like honesty and transparency is quite endearing as well. We love it. Our second hot girl general tip is if you know what format a technical interview will be in, try and see if you can get a friend, maybe someone who's good at acting, to do a practice interview to help you get into the swing of things. That assessment mindset and working out coding problems or, you know, talking through your experiences in that context is really different to what you do day to day. So it's totally normal to need to practice it. It might initially feel a wee bit awkward or uncomfortable, but we really recommend just committing to it and pretending it's the real thing and practicing with your friend so you can get those nerves out. This is also a great chance to brush up on any basic technical skills that you didn't realize you forgot. Bonus points if your friend already works that company and so they've been through the process themselves or they've previously done an interview at that company because that can really help. So our third tip is a really great book if you're going for an interview at Google, Microsoft, Apple, you know, any of those big companies. It's called Cracking the Coding Interview by Gail Lackman McDowell. It's got a lot of handy general tips, a bunch of which we covered today, but then it also has like a million practice coding problems that help you get into that right mindset for interviews. And even if you aren't going for one of those big tech companies, it's still a really great book to read if you want to learn more about tech interviews and, you know, you just love a good tech book. Our second to last general tip is actually for after your interview. If you don't get the job, reach out to the company and ask for feedback so you can learn and improve. It definitely isn't the end of the world when you get turned down for a role, and it's a really great way to learn and grow and become better. Both of us have been turned down for roles before multiple times, and it was by getting feedback on how we did that we've learned everything we shared with you guys today, and that's helped us to become better developers. I love that. Such an important lesson. And our final general tip is the most important, and that is to just be yourself. Yes, the technical interview is important, but technical skills aren't the only thing they care about, you know, like we said before. It's also about how you come up with the solution, not just the solution you come up with. So make sure that you show that, you know, you're a keen learner and let yourself, you know, enjoy the process, which I know is easier said than done. But trust me, 
if you go into it and you show your enthusiasm and how open-minded you are, that will make a huge difference. Totally agree. And those people who are really enthusiastic and open-minded definitely stand out. So go in there and be yourself. That brings us to the end of today's episode. We hope you will feel a little bit more knowledgeable about the different kinds of technical interviews you can get if you want to work in a coding role. We chatted through five different kinds of technical interviews, which were automated coding interviews, coding interviews with an interviewer, project design interviews, take-home projects, and general chats about your previous technical experience. We gave you plenty of hot girl tips this episode on how to ace your technical interview by doing things like asking clarifying questions, thinking through your solution out loud, writing test cases, and doing practice interviews with a friend. Our next episode is an exciting one that you do not want to miss because we'll be interviewing Alexia Hilbertito, the founder of Girlboss New Zealand. Alexia is an absolute icon who has received over 30 awards for her work, including being named one of Forbes 30 Under 30. How cool is that? She is so amazing and we are so excited to have her on the show for our next episode. So make sure you tune in. If you enjoyed this episode, we would really appreciate it if you could share it with your friends or on social media to help us spread the word and get Hot Girls Code to more wonderful women out there. Feel free to also leave a rating and subscribe to Hot Girls Code wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram, Threads, and TikTok under at hot underscore girls underscore code to keep up to date with the podcast and learn more about the tech industry, software development, and being a woman in tech. Thanks for listening.